You're listening to MeSearch. I'm Crystal. And my name is Dustin. We're two friends taking space and making space for other Filipinos to share their stories and insights. Join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. Hey, Crystal. Hi, Dustin. Hi. Hi. Everybody. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a little thrown off from that high instead of a hey. I didn't mean to do that. That just came out. So here we are. Let's not get too rattled by this this odd change. I still mean the same thing. <laughs> change change is good sometimes. Change is good. Change is good. Um, let's sit with this. <laughs> it makes me feel quite uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's growth, boo. Yeah, growth. <laughs> you can't become a better human being unless you grow from that discomfort. Mm-hmm. So there you all go. We're we're growing today on this episode of Me Search. We're growing. <laughs> um, before we actually get started with the episode, I wanted to share something that I'm super proud of. Oh yeah, I did send Crystal a little snippet, but I want to send it to you again because it's been a while. <gasps> I did a little collab with a former guest of the podcast, Grayson Villanueva, who you might remember from the episode called Am I a Multipotentialite? So he produced a track for me. Um, we did a cover, me and my buddy Jeanette Mangalit, who is also going to be on the podcast. So check that out. And let's just take a little listen because Ooh. I'm super duper proud of this. Y'all get this sneak peek. Well, actually, by the time this episode airs, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be out. So, stream it. I am so freaking ready. Let's go. I'm so tired of love songs. Tired of love songs. Tired of love songs. Tired of love. Just wanna go home. Wanna go home. Wanna go home. Wanna so tired of love songs. Oh, that's all you're getting for today, folks. Go stream it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, I'm moving. I'm grooving. How could you stop right there? How can we all stop right there? Well, I guess that's our cue to check it out. Out, y'all. That was so good. That was just the beginning. (laughs) Shit. That was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. (laughs) This is this is just the beginning, y'all. This is just the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! I'm so excited for you. That sounds great. Thanks. I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone to hear it because we recorded this uh, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a cover of a Troy Savon and love song. Mm-hmm. It's called I'm So Tired. Um, it's one of my faves, actually. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of how it sounds. As you should, because you yeah. the best and you sound freaking amazing. Thanks, bruh. So I'm excited for you. Thanks. <laughs> and Jeanette. Yes, Jeanette is super talented. Y'all sound great together. We do. 
We do. Yeah. And I'm going to say that with confidence because she's hella talented. Yeah. And I, I'm really, really proud of how our voices mesh. Yeah. It, it sounds really good. Yes. Yeah. And part of that's the production. So uh, thanks, Grayson. <laughs> Shout out to Grayson as well. Shout out to Jeanette. Shout out to Grayson. Who else do we have shout outs for? Oh, well, we have a couple. The first is for Archie Rose from Filipino Friday. The Filipino Friday's podcast. Um, so our dear friend Archie Rose sent us some chocolates from chocolates. Canada. And how amazing is it that, you know, this chocolate is using cacao beans from farmers in the Philippines? And um, yeah, shout out to shout out to Kasama Chocolates for doing some cool things. Shout outs to them. Uh, with our fam back home. It's truly a global collaboration. So where can folks learn about uh, Kasama Chocolate? Uh, folks can learn about Kasama Chocolates at kasamachocolate.com. Um, yeah, check them out. And check out Filipino Fridays at Filipino Fridays Podcast. Y'all, yes. Yeah, check them out. All right, let's, let's get to our second shout out. Our second shout out is from Michael Domingo, who sent us this question. That's my brother. That's your brother. <laughs> That's your That's brother. my brother. <laughs> All right. What have you recently binged on Netflix, Hulu, or any uh, streaming services? And do you have anything to recommend? Okay. Okay. That's a great question because we talk question. about this a lot. Sure do. Um, I have been binging. I've been binging Greenleaf on Netflix. Have you seen Greenleaf at all? Or do you have you heard of it? I have not. No. It is about the inner workings of a black megachurch oh. um, and the family that runs it. There's a lot of drama, a lot of family turmoil. It's very, very good. I recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been watching I, Zombie on Netflix, which is um, probably not going to win any awards uh, but it's it's definitely fun to watch. <laughs> uh, have you heard of iZombie? I've heard of it. I think we, we've watched maybe like one episode. So for folks at home who don't know what iZombie is, it's about this girl who, um, this, this woman who is a doctor that becomes a zombie. She attends a party and takes um, some wacky drugs that turns her into a zombie and she 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 absorbs the memories of the brains that she eats so she becomes um kind of like a psychic for the local police department ew yeah and i have been i've watched the hello stranger movie which we um we talked a bit about with archie rose from filipino fridays on a, a video that we've got up on our instagram at me search podcast um, and I watched that on I Want TFC, the app. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Yes. What about you, Crystal? Um, yes to Hello Stranger. That was definitely something I've binged lately. Um, the series and the film. Check it out. Get your BL on. We've talked about Hello Stranger on the pod. So 
Um, this podcast is basically a BL podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're doing if you haven't checked it out yet, because seriously, we've talked about it so many times. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to force you to watch anything, but... Um, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Um, what else? Oh. Oh. Okay. Y'all need to watch... Search Party on HBO Max. It is under the radar. It is, I, I I haven't heard too many folks, you know, talk about it, but I was just on HBO Max one day and I was like trying to find something to go to sleep to. And I was like, I'll just put this on. I don't know if I'm going to get really invested in this uh, TV show. So whatever. Um, I put it on and was freaking hooked. And then I had to stop it because I was thinking Michael would probably freaking love this show too. So I stopped it and put it on something else. I can't even remember and fell asleep. The following day we watched Michael it. as in your husband, not the asker of this question. Yeah, Michael as in my husband. <laughs> um, but dude, Surge Party is... What is that about? Uh, so it's about this uh, young woman, Dory, who finds a a missing ad for, a, for an old classmate. Um, she herself is going through somewhat of an existential crisis <laughs> or like maybe a career crisis. Now, nah, let me just say it's a general existential like crisis. Like a quarter life yes. crisis. Yeah. Okay, so general she- existential crisis. Yes. And uh she becomes fixated on looking for this old classmate of hers. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because a lot of things unfold that you wouldn't suspect what is the genre the genre is many genres (laughs) it's like okay okay it's like mystery and it's also freaking comedy it's also a lot of drama it's i i i don't want to say this other genre because i feel like it might give something away because you wouldn't Mm -hmm. expect it to go in that direction genre-wise, but it sure does. Is it a BL? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, some moments, some moments actually can be, actually. Okay. All right. Sign me up. (laughs) Yes. So I I like to say that um, it's a blend between two specific shows, but I feel, again, like that would give too much away. And it's just, I just can't because there's just so... It's such a complex script and a complex story, and it really incorporates so many kinds of genres. Um, and it's just it's just so good. The writing is so freaking good. The acting is phenomenal. There are some like intense, amazing moments acting wise that I'm just like, damn, you acted the shit out of that monologue okay <laughs> and i am just so fucking here for it and someone needs to hand you a an award okay um so check out search party that's all i gotta say i know it's very like vague but that is also the point and it's for you to search and find out for yourself what this show is all about <laughs> <laughs> y'all better search 
for that party. You better search for that party, okay? Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, what else have we been watching? We've been watching WandaVision, which I'm sure many folks have are, are already watching. I've only seen a couple episodes. <gasps> I don't have Disney Plus. Oh. So I watched it when I was um, at a family member's house. Mm-hmm. From what I saw, it was really good. But also, I'm not like super invested in that universe. Like, I, not that I'm not invested. I just don't know very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have to know about them, uh, who they are, in order to enjoy it? Um, yes and no ish. I don't think you need okay. to have an extensive knowledge of the MCU, but I think you should kind of know what happened in the last couple Avengers movies. Okay. Yeah, because the show revolves around a specific moment in... From the movie. From, yeah, from the movie. But I think, like, if you have, like, a common knowledge, even even if you, like, maybe don't watch those last two Avenger movies, you can be like, oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you don't care to, like, spoil the Avengers movie for yourself... It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any so sense. So there are, if you have not seen the movie, there will be spoilers if you watch the show. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And you would recommend this? Is this a high recommend? Yes. I think the writing in this uh, series is also very, very good. Also, it's a little bit further back. It's just we're watching so many things. Um, but Lovecraft Country is also freaking phenomenal. That is also on HBO Max. So check it out. Man, you you have uh, you have fancy streaming services. <laughs> I'm like, look at me here, a peasant with my Netflix. No, only. <laughs> I feel very privileged to have these streaming services. But you know what? Like, yeah. You know, the streaming services that continue to bombard us, it's just like, it's crazy. Like the Peacock app. Like, mm-hmm. I want to watch Saved by the Bell, and you're not letting me. <laughs> like, I want to watch the new I one. I do appreciate the streaming platform. Like, I, I appreciate being able to stream things if I wanted to, and if I wanted to, like, pay for the services, mm-hmm. because it's so much work. And I don't know if it's just me as an adult now or if times have just changed. It's just so much work to to make time to watch a television show at a specific time of the day mm-hmm. and a specific day of the week. Um, I really like the convenience of just knowing I can watch it whenever I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Ooh, one more. Privilege. One more. One more. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. I am very – we are very privileged to have – so many streaming services. Not all, but the ones that we really want. Um, but one more. No, give me your password, though. Okay. I'm just kidding. Well, shh. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Um, but another one, another one, and it's coming back today on NBC. Or it came back yesterday. Um, good Girls. I heard about that. Dude. That, yes, freaking Good Girls. Binge the first three seasons on Netflix and then catch up on season four weekly. Um, now, mm. um, because Good Girls is oh, it's good, girl. 
happy International Women's Day and happy <laughs> yes. International Women's Day to the cast of Good Girls, okay? But yeah, th- so those are mine. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Check all of those shows out, folks. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended because obviously we're very credible people. You watch a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're co- heavy consumers of uh, popular culture uh-huh. over here. Yes. Um, and yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Queen Mike. Thank you. For anybody else that wants to send us a question or send us a message to play on the show, we love these. So slide into our DMs. Add me search podcast. You can leave us a recording at anchor.fm slash me search podcast, or you can send us an email at contact me search at gmail.com. Do it. Let's hear from you. Tell us things. We want to know. All right. So who do we have on the show today, Dustin? Today, we've got Jeremiah Abraham. He is the founder and CEO of Tremendous Communications, a marketing and communications agency with clients across the globe, including ABS, CBN, Sony Pictures, and Johnson & Johnson. We'll be chatting with him about how he made the leap from studying computer engineering at UC Irvine to becoming an award-winning marketing and communications executive, working in entertainment for over 15 years across all major movie studios in Hollywood. Yay! Let's get into this episode! Welcome, Jeremiah Abraham. Thank you so much for joining us here at Me Search. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Can you please paint us a picture of where you're at in this moment, Jeremiah? Maybe mentally or physically Uh, since we can't see each other. It's a Zoom call. Well, physically, it is. uh, I'm in Brooklyn in Mm -hmm. New York. I've lived in Brooklyn for the last almost five years now. Um, I'm in my living room. My dog is fast asleep on the couch and he's snoring very lightly. And um, yeah, it's a it's a lovely evening over here. It's like 35 degrees. So I'm like kind of chilly. Oh, that's really cold. Yeah, winter wonderland. (laughs) <laughs> Compared to LA, where you guys are basking in your swimming pools <laughs> in the, in your eighty five degree weather in the winter, <laughs> yeah, can't complain. So, can't complain. <laughs> you know, mentally, I'm like, okay, I guess, a little stressed, a little relaxed, but I'm good. Well, you've been busy these past few months. Actually, past decade, you've been really busy. <laughs> I think you deserve to uh, kick your feet up. Maybe grab a glass of wine. <laughs> Has it been that long? I feel like this COVID thing added another decade to our to to everything. So I feel like it's been much longer than that. <laughs> yeah. And I hope you find some relaxation and and fun in this interview and this little chat with us. Yeah. So Jeremiah. You've got more than 15 years under your belt working in entertainment, specifically in marketing and communications, and we are incredibly honored to have you here with us on MeSearch to learn more about your journey. And you are currently the CEO of Tremendous Communications, which you founded in 2019. Um, Can you give our audience a little insight as to what Tremendous Communications is all about? Uh, yeah, so Tremendous Communications is a 
PR and marketing agency, and um, I wanted to really instill the marketing expertise that uh, me and my team have um, amassed in our in in the span of our career. But more specifically, it, it, it exists because as POCs, as Asian Americans, as Filipino Americans, we still really have to fight for a seat at the table when it comes to being seen, uh, being mentioned, being authentically represented. I don't know how many times I've seen Filipinos play different cultures and like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. when is that moment that we're actually going to play a Filipino? And like recently, it's it's it shifted a bit, but um, the purpose of Tremendous, um, in addition to uplifting uh, brands and, and studios and companies, is to really find um, a spotlight for underrepresented folks, uh, whether it's in entertainment, whether it's in uh, media, or if it's uh, let's say, for example, like a Filipino company in the Philippines that wants to try to have more of a global presence, um, especially here in uh, the United States. Um, that's something that we try to champion as much as possible. And yeah, that's that's what that is. Um, I, I, as you mentioned, I've, I've been working in entertainment for a while. So our, I guess, primary client or our focus has been entertainment so we've been working with various studios to promote films we've been working with various talent to uh, promote their work we've been working with um, overseas companies like ABS-CBN for example to to get more space for them here uh, in America so yeah god it's been it's only been a year but I feel like it's been (laughs) so much longer than that but uh yeah, that's that's who we are. Definitely. And Tremendous is doing tremendous things. Um, <laughs> I know specifically recently you're doing a lot of work with uh, ABS-CBN and Mix and with groups geared toward the Filipino um, diaspora around the world. Um, and Crystal and I know, having worked with you in the past, that you're really dedicated to engaging diverse audiences, even before launching Tremendous Communications. Um, and you spoke about this a little bit, but can you talk a bit more about why you think it's important for the entertainment industry to pay more attention to the interests of Filipinos in America and around the world? I mean, I always say that the way that you're portrayed on screen directly affects how you and your people are treated. Mm. So mm. if you're not seen on TV and movies and screen and media, then like, how are you, how are people going to be aware of your, your struggles and your challenges and your diaspora and, and your stories as a people, or if, if Asian American women or if Asian women in general are seen as weak and timid or like dragon ladies Mm -hmm. uh, in films, then obviously that's how the rest of the world is going to see them. So if we, if we start seeing strong, empowered Asian women, for example, in films, um, being heroines, being like the, the, the leaders of their own story, then that's how people are going to see them and treat them. And I think it's even more important now, given all the attacks and racism that our communities have seen during COVID times, that we portray 
Asian Americans as, I don't want to say regular people, but like as like not the enemy, you know, mm. as not the, 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 the exotic foreign image that a lot of times we unfortunately see uh, in, in media. So yeah, that's, that's why I think, um, you know, we, we do the work that we do. I love that. And it's, it's such an interesting time right now, seeing more and more people of color on TV and film. Like I know I saw Yellow Rose and just in the beginning moments and just thinking about it, oh, I'm getting emotional. <sighs> okay. Mm. But just in like those few moments of like seeing Filipinos on the big screen, telling a Filipino story. That was everything, you know, that was really everything. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's, there's that. And then there's also like this, um, those moments where I just see and folks see people that look like them. Right. But again, like you mentioned, a lot of times folks are not authentically represented. So like you see Filipinos playing different Asians and, you know, so on and so forth. So how do you see things moving forward as far as representation mattering in a more meaningful way? Like, how can we continue to break through and, um, you know, tell stories and be represented in a more accurate way, I guess? Well, that's like a, an eight hour conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that's a loaded question, but I just, yeah. But it is loaded. I mean, there there's a few ways. So one, I mean, people have heard this before, but like I would recommend that people still let that people create. I mean, it's not enough that we like wait for some Hollywood exec to, to hope that they're going to recognize our value. We really have to um, see our own value and see the value in creating our own and, and representing ourselves. So mm -hmm. whether or not that's like a short film or like a pilot or like a book that you're writing or whatever it is or a feature, even if it's not seen by like hundreds or thousands or millions of people, it's still really important. You know, maybe that first film that nobody sees that you made leads to like a second film or a third film that gets acquired by uh, a studio. So you never know. So I, I, I guess I encourage people to create. And then an, another perspective to that is, um, you know, if you're not inclined to create, then support. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many times I've been asked like, well, how, how do we support? And I'm just like, well, you just have to show, you just have to show up because mm -hmm. if, a film is out there that you've been waiting for for a while, but then you don't bother buying a ticket or you don't bother at least like trying to evangelize it in some sort of way, mm -hmm. then like, what are we doing to help ourselves? I mean, I know that we have our limits. I mean, obviously during a pandemic, it's hard for people to go out to um, watch a film in the theaters but you know there are ways to support as well but yeah I think the biggest thing collectively is to show up Asian Americans have currently over a trillion dollars in buying power we are projected to surpass Hispanic 
um, Latinx immigration, I believe, by 2050. So, and we're one of the most digitally savvy content consumers in America. So I think if we're not using that power that we already have to support our creatives, then then what are we what are we fighting for? Right. So I think that, and then from a studio perspective, I think and that directly affects it, right? So mm-hmm. if we're out there using that buying power and to say like, hey, we're going to support Asian American projects by buying a ticket, then obviously Hollywood's going to, to pay attention. Like they're not going to keep investing millions and millions of dollars on projects that aren't making money or that aren't selling. Because unfortunately, Hollywood is a business. It's not all about mm-hmm. like story. It's not all about humanity. It's money and then the story. So even if you don't have money to buy a ticket, like you can totally just post about it on your social or you can like totally just text your mom saying like, Hey, like this movie's coming out. Like we should watch it when it's safe. Right. All right, everyone, you heard it. So show (laughs) up, show up and keep on creating creators. Let's go. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And can you tell me why you're being, why you're so fantastic right now? Well, it's because I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It's called Me Search. Uh, Me Search. Mmm. Tell me more. Um. You know, we've well, <laughs> not, <laughs> not much to tell you since you've been there, but. <laughs> You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Philan Perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. <laughs> well, I'll have to catch it, meaning I'll listen to our own episodes. <laughs> <laughs> And we talked about this a little bit already, but Yellow Rose was really good. Um, I don't know that we mentioned it in this podcast, but Jeremiah <laughs> is a co-producer for that film. So congratulations. I went Thank out you. to see it. I wanted to make sure that I experienced that for myself. Um, I'm curious if you have thoughts about why is a film like Yellow Rose important? God, you know what? The first time I saw it in the theater was last year uh, when was it I think it was in a small theater and like Leia Salonga was in there like like there was literally like there was literally like me myself Leia and I think the one of the producers Cecilia Mejia and the director Dan Pragas and I was sitting there going like oh my god I'm watching this like film with like Leia Salonga in like the room I'm like freaking out but <laughs> once I got over that I completely cried I got so emotional because I guess essentially like for me personally this was a culmination of what I had been fighting for for a long long time that we were able to now see a Filipina American in this very universal story that is very American 
that is still at the root of it very Filipino in terms of our immigration story mm-hmm. and a story that also does not does not make culture the star it makes people the star it makes the relationship mm-hmm. a star it makes um, the story and the experiences like the lead and you know like I think that was incredibly important um, and I think it's important because you know it well, historically th- this film was one of the first uh, Filipino American films to be acquired by a major movie studio for a theatrical release like when does that happen so especially for like Filipinos and our people so I think this just opens up the doors for more projects. And I, I really hope that this film inspires like the next generation of filmmakers who, you know, may not have thought that this was a possible path for them. And I hope that this film, as well as um, Lingua Franca, which just came out on Netflix and it was acquired by Ava DuVernay, um, I hope those films really inspire people to just just do. And even if it doesn't inspire them to be filmmakers, I think these films have the power to just push you to like whatever path that you choose. Can I tell you, Jer? I watched Lingua Franca a <laughs> couple weeks ago, and I knew that you also co-produced that film. And I made sure to like, look for your name in the credits. <laughs> I paused it. I was like, oh my God, that's Jen. That's Jen. <laughs> like yelled at the TV. I like told my partner, I'm like, dude, I know him. I know him. <laughs> it, uh, aside from it being an amazing film, it's so cool to see folks that you know get their comeups and what they deserve because I know how hard you worked the this past decade because I've seen how dedicated you are to making sure our community has the exposure to the mainstream and to be able to see not only a film that has representation of what it means to be Filipino in America, but also to see somebody that I know in the credits (laughs) of a film, like, bro, that's really cool. So props to you, I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you, I I, I appreciate that. Um, You know, I was actually supposed to be an extra in both films Ooh, if i um, saw you on the movie screen i would have <laughs> shat myself well like i just well, what was i doing i think i was just working that day like so like i had started a new job at the time that yellow rose started um going into production in austin and so they're like come come like you can be in the you can be in the film and i'm like no like i can't fly to texas right now i literally just started like two days before and then, like, same with Lingua Franca, because they were filming at Coney Island in, mm. in Brooklyn, like, that area. And I, I, I couldn't, like, take the whole day off. But, like, yeah, that's... I, I'm still, like, to this day, very, like, bummed out that I missed out on that. But, you know, could have been my... really proud of That could have been my Oscar moment. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you gotten... I guess this is... My my next question related to to these films: Have you received any uh, feedback from folks? Like, what has the response been out in the field? I guess generally really good. Um, I think for the Asian American community, people are recognizing that 
these films are helping to usher in like this new quality and level of filmmaking coming out of our communities. There have been some really, really good ones. Uh, there have. And so I'm, I'm happy that these films are kind of in that prestige group of like Asian American films that have made an impact. But I think for the most part, people are reacting very well. I mean, obviously both films are somewhat polarizing uh, because they deal with undocumented immigration. They deal with um, POCs in areas that don't normally have a lot of POCs. Uh, Lingua Franca deals with the experiences of not just a POC, not just an undocumented immigrant, but also the experiences of a transgender woman living in Brooklyn. So yeah, I mean, you, you get those like people who are, who may take a while to accept these new stories that are inherently American. But I think for the most part, people really took it and accepted it and loved it, I, I hope. I loved them. Thanks. I loved them too. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced in your career trajectory before getting tremendous communications off the ground? Mm. Well, I think it, it it's a hard thing to realize that you can't follow somebody else's vision anymore when it comes to your career. So I, I, I never, I mean, I, I did my job well whenever I was in various roles and companies. I just didn't feel like I fit in because there was always like ideas that I really wanted to do that I didn't understand like why people didn't, weren't on board. And like, you know, obviously like there were uh, various priorities in, you know, respect the respective companies that I worked at. But I guess the challenges were like realizing that I wanted to pursue my own path again, because this is not the first time um, with Bucket Y and Kasama Media, for example, back in 2007, when we first met Dustin um, and probably when we also kind of met too, Crystal, so can you give our listeners a little bit of history of what that is? Yeah. Um, so BucketWide.com was a Filipino-American content uh, website that um, I started in 2007. It actually started as my thesis project for my grad school uh, times at USC. And so we were covering everything from like events to um, Apple the app to um, singers like A.G. Raphael and, you know, working with really great uh, folks on YouTube. That's how we, we met. Um, and so basically it was all about Filipino American lifestyle. And it was, the I think, the first, I believe it was the first Filipino American destinations online. So, um, yeah, that's what that was. Man, good times. Those are some good times. Trailblazer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I applaud those entrepreneurs that like want to just make it out on their own. I think it's it's such a big challenge, 
Um, and just setting everything up is, uh, is a huge deal too. So that was the big thing that I did with Tremendous. Like, you know, I took like a few weeks to, to really reflect, like I traveled for a bit and I was like, is this something that I really want to do? And then I realized that it's something that I had been really building toward. Um, and I knew that I needed to spend like 10 or so years first working in the inside of entertainment. And that's why I was hopping, hopping from studio to studio. I was at Disney, I was at Warner Brothers um, and various other places. And I knew that if not now, then when? So it was one of those moments where it's like, well, like if I can't believe in myself, then how can somebody else do it? And if I can't really like take the reins and control my own life, then like, what am I doing? Like, why am I going to let somebody else do it? So that was the thing. Yeah, that, that was the big thing for me. Um, and that's when I really knew that I wanted to start Tremendous is that like I wanted to just make my own decisions and follow my own vision. So I think that was the biggest challenge. Man, I love that. Awesome. Follow your dreams, follow your heart. Yeah, do, do it. it, do you. God, I, I sound like an after school special. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, even uh, though it's scary to know that your ideas and your visions are valid mm-hmm. and people just mm-hmm. don't jump because they're too afraid and honestly, like, you know, w- without mm-hmm. those hard decisions, like, um, I mean, I've had my share of being laid off. Mm-hmm. I've had my share of being unemployed or not knowing how I'm going to pay the rent, like, like next month. Like, I-, I think everyone at some point has been there. But honestly, like when, you know, I thought the world was ending after. So I moved to New York to work at Condé Nast. So I worked with Vogue and GQ and Vanity Fair and all those things. I was a marketing director there. And, and a model too, day, right? Oh, well, no, I was only in one. <laughs> I saw that. I picked up that magazine. I was like, oh my God, that's Jeremiah. <laughs> I, was, I was only in one, <laughs> one, um, one GQ and that's it. I actually have it hanging on my wall right here. You are <laughs> so, so fabulous. Yeah. When else am I going to, um, yeah. So like, one day, you know, even though like I felt that I did such a good job, like I, you know, companies shift and I got laid off. And I thought that was like, you know, why did I move to New York then? Like, why did I, like, what am I going to do? And, uh, you know, I started planning and I started like really thinking about my next steps. And then suddenly, like, I met the producers and the filmmakers of Yellow Rose and Lingua Franca around the same time. So if that didn't happen to me, then I wouldn't have pushed myself harder to network with people and try to like open up my mind to like new paths. And I wouldn't have been able to be part of these amazing projects. So like I, I, I try to think of every challenge like that as a learning experience. Cause I mean, now that, now that I look back at it, if I hadn't started bucket Y, then I wouldn't have like really like, been able to use a lot of the things that I learned and apply to what I'm doing now. If I hadn't like left LA, I wouldn't have gotten laid off at Condé Nast and I wouldn't be like, like starting my own company and producing movies and I wouldn't be here talking to you. So, 
you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, now I look back and I actually feel very like good about everything that happened. Sometimes those challenges or those failures are just redirecting you to something that is better. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, we are stuck at jobs and stuck in certain situations and you know, we're afraid to take that next step, even though we know that it's time to. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I feel that a lot of those times when you do find that you're laid off, or you do find something happens, that it's just like, a it's it's the universe's way of like kicking you in the butt. Um, and to right. say like, hey, like, it's your time to like, move on to the next big thing. So like, stop wasting your time here. So we've we've talked about Yellow Rose, we've talked about Lingua Franca, and how you have co-produced these films. Obviously, you've, you've done these great, wonderful things. But for you, is there a specific moment in your journey that you feel is particularly meaningful for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a few. So one thing that really stands out in my head is that like, um, when I was in at Warner Brothers, I was heading up a lot of the their social media marketing. Mm -hmm. So this was across the board with like basically all the movies that they had, even the older ones. So there was this one day where I became the admin of the Miss Congeniality Facebook page, and I like lost my mind. I was <laughs> like, oh my god. And so for like months after that, I was like making miscongeniality memes. I was making gifts and I did, I did the same thing for You've Got Mail because that's my favorite rom-com. But I just think like those moments of like geeking out about films and like realizing that like you're like now part of this, of the stuff that you grew up like really admiring. You know, I, cons I consistently have those highlights. Like when I end up working on like Harry Potter or like Batman films or like when I end up like um, working with Disney or if even like a studio calls me up and says, hey, can you put together a proposal for this like really big film coming out in 2021? And like, I can't say which one it is, but I had that experience about like two weeks ago and I was like, oh my God, I get to like, like I, I don't even mind not sleeping like for the next two weeks because I get to work potentially on a film like this um when do so we get to know about that particular project i don't know yet they haven't okay. gotten back to me but by the time this like airs you'll probably know okay <laughs> then you can post. but yeah like it's those moments where you just like realize that you're in such awe of like the things that you're you're doing i think those are those reminders are really great especially when you're like still working diligently at like four in the morning and like wondering when you can take the next weekend off because that happens often when you're mm. when you have your own company so cool yeah how does it feel knowing that leah solanga knows you by name <laughs> i still can't believe it okay like there was this moment so like so after after i told you that um so the, I'd met her a few times before, mm -hmm. but obviously I was probably just like a rabid fan and she'd like 
you know, brushed me off. Like, like I, I interviewed her like 12 years ago during Bucket Y. Mm-hmm. And obviously like there were these, there, there, she's surrounded by so many people. Like she doesn't remember everybody, but then like, like um, after that screening that I mentioned earlier, like I was like, okay, well that's cool. Like I met her, she's probably not gonna remember me again. And then like later that night she adds me on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, and so like, um, it's cool. She's she's such a wonderful person. She like is as geeky as I am, nerdy as I am, and she's just she's she's great. She's she's really good. <sighs> I was like I That's floated so cool. the I floated the idea at one point. I was like, Leia, can we go karaoke? And she's like, No, I'm Ooh. hungry. Let's go. Let's go eat instead. And I was like, Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, can you man. imagine? <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that was the closest i ever got to being um to being aladdin <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool <laughs> oh man jeremiah were you always like growing up were you always interested in entertainment and wanting to work behind the scenes like tv and film and music and was there any kind of medium that you specifically wanted to gravitate to no, I think I, I was like Dustin. I, my. <laughs> you are I, like me. <laughs> I was like, you know, well, I got my undergrad in computer engineering. Oh. And, oh. Like, and, and growing up, I wanted to be a chemist. Um, so I literally have an engineering degree. And oh. for a while, um, I was interviewing for like, um, you know, I worked at the, an, an aerospace company for a little bit. Um, Ooh, like and, Crystal. I know. <laughs> Crystal worked in aerospace too. I really? did. I worked in aerospace. I was marketing. I was doing, I was in marketing for a small aerospace company for five years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't last that long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, like I barely graduated. So I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to be an engineer if I'm like so bad at math? And so (laughs) I was like, well, I I don't think I should be a systems engineer anymore. Like, because I feel like if I build something or I fix something, like something might explode. So (laughs) I, I ended up being a programmer for a while. So Mm. I learned a lot of programming um, and back then it was like C plus plus and like you know all those fun acronyms. Um, but then the I guess like toward the tail end of my undergrad, I started like wanting to be more creative. So the first job that I actually got out of um, college was an internship at Radio Disney, and so that was my first real foray into. Um, entertainment but I was like well I have an engineering degree so why don't I go for that so that's when I ended up in those aerospace positions Um, but then I got a job as uh, a front-end developer for disney.com you know so I went back to Disney so for a while I was programming and then it wasn't until I got accepted uh, into a communications uh, graduate program at USC that I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Like, you know, like I, I like communications. I always was very interested in how 
sociology intersected with tech and I realized, well, that's what social media is. Mm. So yeah, so it was, it was a lot of soul searching. I won't bore you with all the details. It was was a lot of soul searching. And then I ended up realizing that I like marketing because of bucket Y. And then, so it just went from there. It just, it just like, I, I wanted to stick with entertainment considering that when I was at Disney doing programming, I was also working on like, like Hannah Montana and like the Jonas Brothers stuff. And like, I got to work on Pixar films and I got to work on like these, these properties, also these legacy properties that I had grown up with, like enjoying and loving and like feeling connected to. So I, I, I was hooked. I I wanted more of it. It was like a drug. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What a journey. Okay, Jeremiah, I want to take you on a little time traveling journey to when Tremendous Communications was just an idea floating around in your brain. What advice would you give to younger Jeremiah in that moment, now knowing all of what you know? I would say go for it. (laughs) Because, I mean, it, it was a lot of back and forth trying to figure out what it was, whether or not I actually wanted to, to do it, whether I would be successful doing it. And like, I guess when you're trying to figure out the next steps, like that voice in the back of your head that is there to sabotage you um, creeps in and wonders whether or not you um, are actually worthy or you're actually skilled enough and determined enough or just enough to do it. So I wouldn't, I would just encourage myself to like believe in myself more and lean on the fact that you've had 15 years of experience, um, that you've had a lot of learning experiences, trials and errors, errors, successes, victories, and just, just go for it because I mean, if you don't do it, like 20 years from now, you're going to look back and regret it. So. Love that. I didn't want to regret it. No regrets. No. I know. No (laughs) regrets. Jeremiah, are there any recent projects that we should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, Well, Yellow Rose came out um, a little bit ago uh, on digital platforms as well as DVD Blu-ray. I didn't know that people still use DVDs and Blu-rays, but it's it's there. You can order it if you want. Um, But it's currently on uh, all the the premium platforms. So like Amazon Prime Video, uh, iTunes Store, Vudu. So please watch Yellow Rose. Um, If you already have it, please watch it again. Uh, mm-hmm. Lingua Franca is currently on Netflix. Uh, so hopefully people, if you haven't seen it yet, um, please continue to, or please watch it and, and watch it a hundred more times. Um, yeah. And then I'm, I'm currently in development for a few other films too. So that's going to be very exciting. So I'll, I'll let, I'll keep you guys in the loop when, when I have more information about that. It's a Filipino Western. Which <gasps> is really cool. What? 
A Filipino yeah. Western? Yeah, it's a Filipino yeah. Western. And then another one is a rom-com. So that's going to be really, that's going to be really exciting. But the Western is going to be really cool. I, <gasps> I'm working with a very talented uh, filmmaker and some great producers. I read the script. It's going to be, going to be an adventure. It's going to be fun. Oh yes, yeah. please wow. keep us posted about that. Yes. Because if it's any, if, if it's just as good as Lingo Franco <laughs> and Yellow Rose, I'm going to be all about it. I hope so. It. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a Filipino Western, like what? Is the rom-com I... set in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah. And oh the Western gosh. is too. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> ah, yeah, uh... I, I just, I just, you know, like I, I'm waiting to see more people of color in period pieces and like different genres where like we wouldn't typically see people of color and Filipinos in a Western. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, well, take, take Western um, loosely, but it's, it's okay. West, <laughs> it's it's Western like. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. a neo-Western yeah. situation. Ish. No, it's. It's okay. Western. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's it, it is a period piece. Um, I don't know how else to describe it without giving out too much. But I am okay. okay. No spoilers. I'll, I'll okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, <laughs> but I'm, yes, I'm excited nonetheless. Yeah. Um. So Jeremiah, I was on your Instagram earlier, and I saw that you have a Wikipedia page about yourself, which is <laughs> okay. amazing. And congratulations on being on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's you how are, I don't even made it. <laughs> I don't even know how that appeared because, like, I mean, like, I didn't write it. Like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's I was like, your, I didn't your, think that that would happen. I was, I was totally fine with my IMDb page, but <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia is like, ooh, you are, you are in the books, sir. Um, so other than Wikipedia, <laughs> how can the folks at home learn more about you and Tremendous? Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jer Abraham, J-E-R Abraham. And uh, Tremendous is uh, at Tremendous underscore, underscore com, C-O-M-M. Uh, and we are at TremendousPR.com if you want to learn more. Follow the at, folks. Follow, follow the follow, at. Yes. Follow. Thank Final you. question. What's put a smile on your face recently? <laughs> well, my dog has been snoring and farting at the same time. <laughs> oh, and that's I don't, nice. And I don't know why, but like he like sometimes he like does it so loud that he like wakes himself up and he literally just did it like earlier like I think during this interview actually during this podcast. <laughs> so um he he makes me smile a lot and it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm glad he's around or else I'd be like so stressed mm. um but yeah he's a he's a good dog what kind of Aww. pup do you got he's a Shiba Inu he's a doge Shiba Inu Yo. Yeah, he's, a, he's a he's a Japanese dog. What's his name? <laughs> uh, his name is Jordy. Do you want to know what it's about? Yeah, shout out yeah. Jordy. What up, Jordy? It's, uh, it's short for Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge from Star Trek TNG. Um, that character is played by Lavar Burton. Oh, um, 
And there was actually one time where I went to a Star Trek convention and I met LeVar Burton. And I, I feel like I freaked him out because I was like, I named my dog after you. So I, showed, <laughs> I showed him a photo of my phone and I was like, this is him, this is him. Oh. And I think he didn't know like what to do. I think he was almost about to call security. And I was like, okay, I got to go now. <laughs> but yes. I'm following uh, LeVar on LeVar Burton. <laughs> that's awesome yes. well thank you so much for joining us it was so wonderful to see you after so long and it was so wonderful chatting with you and celebrating everything that you've been doing and have done more power to you everybody this was <laughs> Jeremiah Abraham thank you for having me Jeremiah freaking Abraham, y'all. Okay. Okay. We are so amazed and proud of what he's accomplished. Yes. Jeez la freaking wheeze. Okay. Um, What are your thoughts about this episode, Dustin? Jeremiah made a huge leap from engineering to entertainment. And what stuck out to me first and foremost was that when he felt stuck, he said, screw it. I'm just going to start something for myself. Mm-hmm. Something that can live up to my own vision, my own expectations, and what he wants. Right? So sometimes we might feel stuck in a certain situation or a certain, like a job that's unfulfilling. But maybe that's the universe saying, don't waste any more of your time. It's time to do something else. Mm-hmm. And even if that something else might be scary, just do it. Fear of risk can be one of those drivers that that makes all of the decisions for us, whether that's uh, the risk of disappointing family, the risk of making less money, the risk of failure, or whatever the case may be. You know, Jeremiah shot his shot. He took that risk, and he's now doing super duper amazing things. And I'm very impressed. Yes, right. And y'all, shoot your shot. Just do it. Shoot your shot. You said something that uh, struck a chord with me about like leading with fear, like doing things out of fear, like fear of disappointing family or fear of making less money. And Mm -hmm. I think generally speaking, like that's that's totally understandable. But if we keep leading with fear, we're not getting anything done, (laughs) y'all, you know? Lead with love, as in lead with love for yourself. Mm. Something that I I was talking about in uh, therapy with my therapist uh, was do things that will not allow you to disappoint yourself. Don't disappoint yourself. Just, you know, if just listen to what your heart is telling you and... Follow through and don't bend. Don't bend if it's going to disappoint you. So, mm-hmm. you know, a quote from Jeremiah that I want to mention is, uh, he said, if I can't believe in myself, then how can somebody else do it? And if I can't take the reins and control my own life, then what am I doing? Um, why am I going to let someone else do it? And, you know, he made his own decisions. He followed his vision 
and he didn't let fear take over. He did not allow himself to, to disappoint himself and look where he is. He's got his own company. He's his own boss, okay? And CEO. CEO. CEO, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> CEO, okay. Yeah, and on top of that, he's he's bringing up the community with him, you know? So mm-hmm. can you imagine if Jeremiah didn't love himself enough and and he he led with fear? He wouldn't be bringing folks up or like things like Yellow Rose up, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's so many wonderful things that could happen if you let that fear go. It's a lot easier to say, but I don't know. Let's just try to be courageous, y'all. Yeah, today's the day to be courageous. How about it? Yeah. And, you know, what if, What if you prove people wrong by being the next big thing? What if your new venture makes just as much money or more than the safe route? Also question for y'all where is this fear of not making enough money coming from i can tell you oh tell me i I can i can tell you um it's um consumerism and capitalism (laughs) so why do we need to keep feeding these ugly beasts that's on you to answer but i personally think that it plays a huge role into our insecurities and seriously fuck the things that make us insecure for no good reason because again love yourself and don't disappoint yourself do you love the things that make you shine (sighs) and like can y'all imagine if we just fucking did what we were really good at and really 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 wholeheartedly loved like how much happier would everyone seriously be just doing what they love. Like, I don't feel like we'd be fighting as much as we do. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. And how much more would we be actually supporting each other if we weren't trying to make the most money or trying to impress people or trying to appease people for whatever arbitrary reason? Um, so anyone right. who's out there who's scared to take the leap, know that you've got that shine and you can do whatever you want because you own that. Whatever is in you, you own that. So let us see that, y'all. Okay? Okay. Okay. C-E-O-K. <laughs> C-E-O-K. And by the way, everyone, Tremendous Communications was doing the PR for Hello Stranger the Movie, mm-hmm. which we've been uh, gushing about for several episodes already. Um <laughs> And I was super excited to know that Jeremiah, his reach is truly global, especially with this particular movie. I know the fans of Hello Stranger are literally all around the world. Um, so it's really crazy, and I'm really proud of him for that. And I, re- I appreciate the work that Jeremiah and Tremendous are doing with uplifting brands, studios, and companies that really value people of color. Mm-hmm. Tremendous exists because Filipinos and other minorities have had to fight for representation and representation in an authentic way. We frequently talk about representation on this show, and Jeremiah has a unique platform to give Filipinos representation in the media. And one notable thing that he said was, the way that you're portrayed on screen directly affects how you and your people are treated. 
So if you're not seen on TV, in movies, in screen, in media, then how are people going to be aware of your struggles and your diaspora and stories as people? We're more than the exotic foreign image that TV and film portray us to be. So what are your thoughts about that, Crystal? Um, I really hope that Jeremiah saying that out loud signals folks that we need to fight for our stories and our representation. And if we really want to see progress as a community, one of the things that is more easily accessible to fight for, and let me emphasize this, okay, y'all, it is one, just one. Just one. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) And of course, it should not be the only thing that you do if you're really trying to fight for our community and, you know, the things that, you know, I think we're fighting for, you know, or I believe we're fighting mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. because, you know, we're, we're fighting for a big overhaul of how our community is treated and seen. Um, and there are other things that we need to be active in for that huge change we're looking towards, but something that a lot of us can do uh, to contribute to this fight is to examine our relationship to media and film and TV. And, you know, we can demand these shifts in the media by speaking up and putting our money where our mouths are. Like, do you hate that there still hasn't been a Filipino showing up on Grace? Uh, Grace Anatomy. Yeah, Grace Anatomy. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've been waiting. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Where, what's, what's that all about? <laughs> you know, it's kind of impossible that there wouldn't be one fucking Filipino on Grey's at this point. You know, if you're a nurse out there, which, you know, there are many Filipinos out there who are nurses. Isn't it infuriating mm-hmm. to not see yourself re- reflected in a space where y'all have been playing a huge role in? And shout out to all the nurses who have been... You know, fighting the good fight during this pandemic. But yeah, like, what's up? Like, let's do something about it. Or also not do something, which is also Mm. an active thing that we would be doing, if you know what I mean. I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy many years ago. (laughs) Me too, to be honest. And (laughs) I... How can grown people have so much drama? <laughs> I yeah, I I stopped watching like a few years ago as well because I just got tired of it. <laughs> um but yeah, but like at that point and I haven't heard any news about Filipinos being on Grays, but where are we? <laughs> yeah. It's a hospital. There's bound yeah. to be at least one of us there. At least one. At least one. At least. At least one. Jeez. Jeez. My goodness. And yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. And it's important to financially support or promote the content that other folks are making to showcase the Filipino community. Mm -hmm. So if you're a creator, then keep creating. Don't wait for some studio executive to recognize the value in our community. We really need to recognize our own value and show up for ourselves. Like Crystal said, love yourself. Put yourself on a platform. Mm-hmm. And do what you can do to create that thing that you wish existed for you and for your community. Mm-hmm. If you have the means to make it, then don't wait for someone else to make it. Just make it. Write that story. Write that book. Write that article. Create that 
piece of physical artwork or digital content, whatever the case may be, whatever you can do to show that there is a market for Asian Americans and Filipino content, then do what you can do. Yeah. And Asian Americans have over a trillion dollars in buying power and are big content consumers. Jeremiah said it. <laughs> he he he's got the numbers, okay? Um and if you're Filipino, if you're Asian and you're consuming this podcast, then you're you're part of that. You're part Although of that. Although we don't we don't charge people, but you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing our part. We're doing our part. Um, you know, and when it when it comes to big film studio material, we need to show Asian American projects will sell. Again, mm. I think that it's this crab mentality or even colonial mentality where we ourselves don't take as much pride in ourselves and we should because y'all colonial mentality is lame. <laughs> okay. It's just <laughs> it's stupid. Lame. It's so hella lame and things I absolutely hate and yes, I will absolutely use the word hate because this actually makes me cringe now. When I hear Filipinos say, oh, that's too Filipino or too Filipino or that's like so fobby or anything to that effect that proves to me that you don't think we are enough, it boils my fucking blood. Like, why? Why does, why is anything too Filipino? I want you to ask yourself that if this is something that you say. And I'm not saying it like in like a scolding kind of way, but because I was there too. But please examine why you're saying something is too Filipino. Please, please, please. <laughs> Take a moment to self-reflect. Take a moment. Do the me search. Yeah. And, you know, especially now when people are more quote unquote woke, like, how are you not loving on our own people better? If if there's a Filipino movie, ask yourself why you don't care to watch it. Because there's so much content out there. And sometimes I have to be like, how come I'm choosing this, you know, show over that when, you know, maybe I should prioritize my people, people's work a little bit more. And me and Michael have been mm -hmm. watching a lot more Filipino films on um, Netflix and there's some good content out there, y'all. Oh, what is that movie? Yeah. Um, the House of Us. The House of Us? Oh, I haven't seen that one, but I think that's on our... The House of Us with um, Catherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla. Ooh, okay. I think that's on our... Uh, watch on our, list. On our watch list. Also, Between mm. Maybes. Ooh, that's a good one. Between Maybes. Yes. So yes, good. Maybes. Yes, Between Maybes. Is that the one in Japan? Yes. Or is it something else? Okay. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. That one was I really good. I freaking love that film. Filipinos in Japan. Yeah. So good. Um, check it out, y'all. Filipino and Filipino-American um, art. Like, check it out. Like, we have some good shit, y'all. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes. seriously, and a huge part of contributing to each other <laughs> is getting on that good old decolonization train and saying, see ya to the white center narrative that we have been consuming for most of our lives. I can't. <laughs> so, um, get on the train, y'all. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a challenging one, y'all. It's not, 
it's not an easy ride to say, oh, I've been, I've been thinking a certain way and that doesn't do anything good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Like when it comes to decolonization and, you know, getting deeper into any kind of, you know, like, for example, my feminism, getting deeper into my feminism is somewhat challenging. And there's things that I need to stand up about that, you know, gets uncomfortable sometimes. But, you know, if if right. if we're going to talk about it, we need to be about it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Justin, a final word from you. My final word is, yes, give me those new narratives, tired of the old ones. Give us the narratives, Mm -hmm. create those creations, support those creators. And happy birthday, Crystal. Oh, my God. (laughs) Aw, you didn't have to do that. Happy freaking birthday. I love you. Aw, thanks, boo. (laughs) So if y'all didn't know, it's Crystal freaking Tagati's birthday. She's amazing. She's the best. Slide into her DMs and send her a happy birthday gift. Oh, my gosh. And uh, with that, have a great day, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yay! Thank you! Make sure to subscribe to MeSearch wherever you listen to podcasts. Find new episodes on the first and third Wednesday every month. Check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com. And find us on social media at MeSearchPodcast. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. Special thanks to our guest, Jeremiah Abraham. Make sure to follow him at Jer Abraham and learn more about Tremendous Communications at TremendousPR.com. Shout outs to all our friends and family giving this podcast a shot. We'll catch you all at the next episode. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me, Surge, folks. Woo, 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 woo.